please do pray for us. I enjoyed that message so much. I tell you, that's the God that I believe in, that the only reason any of us are here is be, that are coming to seek him is because he has drawn us from being dead in trespassing sins to alive in Christ. And he has given us the power and the ability to seek after spiritual things. And so many times, whenever I didn't have any strength at all, he has given me the strength to pray to him and to and just carry me along his way. And you look back, as Brother Adam said, and you like the Lord was with me the whole time. So please be praying for us that uh, we'll continue to meet the Lord and we'll continue to feel his presence this morning. I feel like if the Lord to bless, the subject that's on my mind go hand in hand with his. Go me over to Matthew 25 this morning. Please pray that the Lord to bless us. I'm going to switch these because I'm going to end up drinking Brother Adam water instead of Brother Danny water. And there's a lot of context we could set up to say exactly what this is talking about, but I want you to understand Matthew 25, the beginning, when I was talking about the ten virgins, it's talking about God's people going out to meet Jesus. It tells us that. And also, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, I love the fundamentals of the doctrine because that is the way I'm, under, I'm able to understand parables like this. That is the way I'm able to understand and rightly divide the rest of the Word of God. Because I'm going to tell you, the Bible teaches me over in Romans chapter 3, verse 11, that somebody who is not born again can't understand God and can't seek after God. It says there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. You show me somebody seeking Jesus, I'll show you a child of God. A little child of God can get so deep in in despair, so deep into false doctrine, that they can even reach a point where they don't even think they're going to heaven anymore. What I want you to understand, the fundamentals keep you grounded. You may wonder why your pastor labors on total depravity and the everlasting love of God. Because brothers and sisters, I want every child of God to understand whenever you see yourself doing a spiritual action, that means you're a spiritual person. That means you're a child of God. If you understand that there is none that's not regenerated, that can't seek after God, that can seek after God, if you're not regenerated, you can't seek after God, and you see yourself here to seek after God, to see Jesus, you understand that you're a child of God. Look what it says here in the 25th. And we understand that salvation is totally by the grace of God, right? Grace means unmerited favor. He goes on to say in Ephesians 2 in that same place, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not upon your actions. So I bring that up because at the end of the parable of the ten virgins here, Look what the Lord Jesus says in the 12th verse, which helps us get context. If, if, I, if Jesus is ministering, God tells us in the Bible, your heavenly home is not based upon what you do, right? And then he warns you to do something so you can go to your heavenly home. That wouldn't make sense, would it? Okay, 
All through the Bible. Jesus taught it. It's all through the Bible. Salvation is by grace. It's not of what you do. God does not warn us not to go to hell. I'm going to tell you, He warns us from losing the joys of our salvation. And look what He says here. 13th verse of Matthew 25. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Okay, if we understand that salvation is totally by the grace of God, and no matter what I do or I don't do, a child of God is still a child of God, we understand that warning of Jesus coming at any time is not talking about going to heaven, but it's talking about something else, right? I wish it was like the Old Testament days whenever you seen the cloud of God over the tabernacle, God was there. Number day, Brother Tim, if I'd have drove up and I'd have seen the cloud of God over the tabernacle, and you told me Brother Adam was going first, I'm like, ah, oh, let me go first. <laughs> God is here. We never know. And don't you go to church sometimes, you go to a meeting, and it's known to have good preachers, good singing, good brothers and sisters, and you feel the Lord. But sometimes you go and you feel the Lord, right? I mean, you just feel him. You never know when that's going to happen to you. The whole point of this message is be ready to meet your God. Be ready to meet your Lord when you come into the house of God. You know, I was thinking about this. One of the biggest devices that Satan has for little children of God is distracting us. Amen? Amen. And he'll use sorrow. He'll use prosperity. He'll use persecution. And then I was walking around meditating, and I was like, where Paul says, we are not ignorant of his devices. I was like, devices, the phone, ah! <laughs> <laughs> How many people have told me, I don't have time to read my Bible. And then your screen time will say, seven hours and 37 minutes. <laughs> That's your Bible app, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my map app to get to school that I know how to get to. But I want you to understand, Matthew 25, It's talking about a group of people, the church, if you will, coming out to meet the Lord like we are this morning. And look what it says here. I'm going to say Matthew 25, the first 13 verses, okay? (laughs) Don't want anybody to uh, make me offended for a word. Then shall the kingdom of heaven, this is, brother says, this is the kingdom of heaven right here this morning. Heaven is reigning. We are exalting King Jesus, we are killing the flesh. You know, I, I, I've heard people that are very fit, and, 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 which I'm not, but like very in shape. And they talk about, man, I can't believe how tired I am after being to an all-day meeting. You know why? Because you've been killing the flesh. Amen. The flesh don't want to be here. And you've been letting your spirit shine. You've been letting your spirit rain. You are in the kingdom of heaven. But look at this. Y'all want to know how you know that all ten of these people are children of God? First verse. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Y'all know what virginity represents in the Bible? Purity. And it's gonna, it doesn't say they're acting like ten virgins. It doesn't say they're trying to be ten virgins. Because I've heard some people who call themselves printed Baptists Say, Father, these are false professors. 
follow the real truth of God? The word of God says they're all ten virgins. But you know what it says about five of them? They're wise. You know what the other five are? They're unwise. They're foolish. I'm just like Brother Adam preached with the with the parable of the sower. He's in each set of ground on different days or different moments. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I try to be a wise virgin and sometimes I'm a foolish virgin. Because I'm distracted by the things of this world. You know what made the wise virgins wise? They were prepared. You know what made the foolish virgins foolish? They were unprepared. How many times have you got to the house of God and everything has occupied your mind and your life except God himself? Brothers, I was raised up hunting and fishing and we, we were big into duck hunting. We duck hunted public land so we had to have really good blinds to make sure the ducks didn't see us and we, and we worked on our duck calling all year because we had to fight with other duck hunters trying to call ducks off of us. And I'm going to tell you, all year, my dad had a duck collar in my mouth. All year, he's out there saying, drawing and saying, son, this is what we're going to look like this year. I don't think they're going to see us. You know, all year, he's preparing for two or three months of the year. And to be honest, uh, what, 12 weekends of the year? And he's devoting all that time and shooting at a duck and watching it fly away after we miss it. How many people have prepared to go fishing then then other people just went fishing? Like you didn't know where you were going, you just went to a little something and you didn't catch nothing, but you prepared, you found out where the fish are biting, and you caught fish. And you went ahead and got the bait. And you went ahead and got the gas. And you went ahead and put the plug in the boat and all this stuff. There is nothing that we take seriously in this world that we don't prepare for. Why do we think that the most important thing in our life, we can just come in here all willy-nilly sometimes? But they're virgins, nevertheless. Go me over to Isaiah 1 real quick. By the way, it says there are 10 of them. You do a little research, some writers will tell you that a Jewish rabbi wouldn't even consider a congregation a congregation unless there was 10 of them. So this is like he's talking to a, a church. <laughs> and to be honest, sometimes I don't want to do the statistics for that, Brother Tim. I think 50% wise, 50% foolish might be a little generous sometimes. <laughs> Starting with me. Starting with me. Go me over to Isaiah 1. Look what it says here in the 18th verse. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He's saying this is going to happen. My people, the ones that I love, though your sins be like this, they're going to be white. They shall be white. But then there's a condition. (laughs) If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Brothers and sisters, he's saying, you're going to be white. You're going to be cleansed. But whether you eat of the good of the land depends on you. And I'm going to tell you, the Old Testament, a lot of the Old Testament blessings and promises were natural, physical blessings. 
But the New Testament blessings are spiritual blessings. You know what the good of the land is and the kingdom of God and the New Testament church? It's the very presence of God. It's your fields propping up or cropping up with joy and peace and gladness and comfort from the Holy Ghost. They're virgins. They're pure. And then look what it says. Which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Y'all know who the bridegroom is? He's Jesus Christ. All ten of them went to go see Jesus. And let's be honest. Whether we're being foolish or whether we're being wise, whenever we come to church, don't we want to see Jesus? We do. A lot of times, hey, we know it as ministers, right? How many times are we blessed in spite of ourselves instead of because of our labors? And I'm going to tell you, and I pray so many times, Lord, just one more time, and I promise I'll do better tomorrow. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, they come out to meet Jesus. They come out to see Jesus. You know how their children, now how I know they're children of God? Because a dead person does not see Jesus. If you're not born of the Spirit, you hate Jesus. If you're not born of the Spirit, God is not in your thoughts. You will not seek after Him. Jesus says it like this. No, John 6, 44. No man can. Not no man wants to. Not no man's really crazy about it. But no man can come to me except my Father which sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. If you see yourself coming to Jesus this morning, it is because you have been drawn by the Father from death to life. And it is evidence that on the last day, when Jesus comes back and gives that great shout of come forth, rise up, my fair beloved, and come into a paradise. And all ten of those virgins were coming to see Jesus. That's their final home. But they ain't there yet. And it says five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now in a minute we're going to find out that all ten of them had lamps that were lit. The Lord says you are the light of the world. If you have a lamp that's lit, you got light. But I'm going to tell you brothers and sisters, this world is hard, is it not? This world is dead. This world is decaying. I hate this world. Brothers, if this world gets you down, that is an evidence that you are a child of God. Because you are a heavenly creature that can't wait to see the Lord come back. You're rejoicing in that hope. You're looking for the Lord to come back. And I'm going to tell you, the deaths, the problems, the persecution, my depravity, my getting short and raising my voice with my wife, me talking about people, me not acting the way that I should. I'm going to tell you it gets me down and sometimes my life don't stop. 
You know how you get that light to be bright? You got to bring you some extra oil with you. They all had lamps, but some of them took an extra vessel. See, they knew they were going to run out of gas, if you will. They were smart. You know what the older I get, I see why I got yelled at by, by my dad so much. <laughs> like, something would happen, he'd be like, I told you if you didn't do this, this was gonna happen. And he didn't do that nicely. But I think back so many times, I'm like, oh, he was in his own way teaching me preparation, okay? And, and, and preparation is key. It's key. I'm gonna tell you, it's key. Look, brothers and sisters, nobody's going to be perfect. You're not going to see Jesus every time you come into the house of God. But those times whenever you don't, I want you to get convicted and say, what can I do better so this don't happen next time? And sometimes the Lord just blesses us in spite of ourselves. But look what it says here. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. I was at church one time up in Northwest Arkansas at the Salem Association. It was under the tent, brother. And I remember I was sitting on the front pew there. You know how they had that? Other set of front pews over to the left, and Brother Steve Woods was sitting right here. I was sitting right here, and we were singing, Near in my God to thee. And we got to one of those verses, and I'm going to tell you, it wasn't a room because it was a tent, but the room was full with the Holy Ghost. And I just felt God, and it was beautiful. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to cry. You know, why she's mad if I don't cry. But, uh, but I'm starting to just cry. And I look over, and Brother Steve just staring at me, and he goes, Hey there. <laughs> and you know what I said? Oh! <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, there is nothing wrong with crying out and shouting, The bridegroom coming. Yeah. Brother, you know how you get people to come to church? You don't tell them what you don't got. You tell them what you got. Amen. You know what we have? We have to where this old country boy who made a 13 on his ACT in English, he said something that made me rejoice at Jesus. I've told you all this, but I'm going to tell you it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. As old brother Lockwood says, I wish I could explain him to you, (laughs) but he's unexplainable. I I remember when I first came to church, I'm an introvert times a thousand. People don't understand that because they see my gift and then I'll get down from the pulpit and they like sit in front of me and spare, at lunch and expect me to carry the conversation. I'm like, <laughs> good potatoes. <laughs> but it's because of the Lord that I'm up here, not because of my personality. But I want to tell you, when I first came to the church of God, and, and, and it's still, I, I still, I'm still an introvert and I still don't like being in front of people. It's just from being big my whole life and people staring at me and making fun of me. I like to sit in the corner. I like to not be seen. And I remember when I first came to the house of God and I was sitting on the back row and, 
And I and my wife loves to sit up front because she don't like to be distracted. She don't like she don't like to be distracted. So this morning she knew I was wrestling what was on my mind. And I thought it was one of the greatest acts of love. Because usually we compromise and sit about where Brother Tim Lawrence is, okay? You know, not halfway up, but but not in the back. But this morning I came in and guess where she was at? She's sitting on the back row. You know why she did that? To make me comfortable. Because she knows whenever my mind's not focused and I'm sitting there going through my Bible, I don't want nobody to stare at me and think I hadn't been studying all week, you know? I mean, I, I just, just how I am. I mean, y'all probably don't worry about what people think about you. You're better than me. You just worry about what God thinks about you, right? <laughs> but I remember when I first came to the house of God, and I sit in the very back row, and every once in a while, maybe one, once every two or three Sundays, Brother George Lewis would say amen. And I'm going to tell you, we weren't a very amen church, and, and, and I'm not saying they had to be. But because of that, I, I, I get this wham up whenever the brother, the brother every Sunday, Brother Jerry Williams would preach on exactly what I've been studying. And I'm telling you, God would fall down from heaven, and I'd feel it wham up one day. I was just sitting there, and I just couldn't contain it. I go, hey, hey. <laughs> this had to come out. Brothers, this is how come we can rejoice and get loud about Alabama winning the national title? But we can't go, whoo. And then one day I was preaching at the Salem Association. I love Brother Adam. I love going to be with him. He, he's one of my favorite preachers, one of my favorite friends. And uh, I always think it's really cool whenever we get to preach together. But I was preaching, and I didn't even realize I did it. I was so excited. I, I followed Luke Laird, and he got me all pumped up. <laughs> and I was so excited, and I was preaching about Jesus and what, how good he's been to us and how grace should just inspire us to just try to be better people. People say grace makes you lazy. Grace doesn't make you lazy. You want to think I'm, think I'm lazy? I'd be able to see me without grace. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, and, and, and something just wound up, and I just went, woo, and I didn't even realize it. And later on, I, I, I said, one day I'm going to shout. And Brother Danny Lloyd comes around in the, in the handshake and says, you did shout. I got it on the court. <laughs> I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, don't quench the spirit. There's times I've been places, and, and I didn't quite know the customs, and I quenched it. If that's not your manner, don't think I'm telling you you're going to start manufacturing tears, you got to manufacture shouts. I'm just saying don't quench what God tells you to do. Because sometimes somebody needs to hear that shout. Sometimes somebody needs to hear that amen. Sixth verse, and at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. I've done that. And look what the wise says. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. I tell you, I, I've seen people so spiritual and people who have conformed their, tried to conform their life to the way of Christ. And I realize where I come up short. And I'm thinking just being around them at the lunch table, some of that's just going to rub off on me, Brother Adam. You know, whenever I see Brother Luke Addison, I try to get right up next to him. Thinking some of that holiness is going to rub off on me. Have y'all ever done that? 
Like you've seen people who got the oil and you hadn't been putting in the work. And you're like, give me some of your oil. And they don't say it, but since you don't get it, they're like, I can't. <laughs> you got to get your own oil. I can't read for you. I can't pray for you. I can pray for you, but I can't pray instead of you. I can't pray in place of you. I mean, I can't make you a more oily person, if you will. I can't fill you with oil. And I'm not talking about getting born again. I'm talking about I can't make you a more spiritual person. I can help you. I can pray for you. I can, I can, I can do as much as I can. But I'm going to tell you what, you got to pray to God. You got to sing songs and hymns and melody in your heart to the Lord. You got to be thankful. You got to be humble. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. <laughs> then they say this, ninth verse. But the wise answer saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us in you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Go get your own. And while they went in to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in and went with him to the marriage and the door was shut and afterward came also the other virgins they're still virgins by the way they're just being foolish saying Lord Lord open to us but he answered and said verily verily I say unto you I know you not you know what's funny to me how people will pick apart and ignore scripture and focus on one point of scripture just to make their doctrine fit Look, in the parable of the ten virgins, multiple times it said that the ones that were foolish were seeking the bridegroom. They were seeking Jesus. It says that they were virgins over and over. It's telling you they're pure in the sight of God. And then somebody who wants to tell you that the only people who go to heaven are people who just keep on keeping on, which is nobody. The word perseverance means to always stay on course and never to get away. Nobody stays on court. Right, right. But people will take this and say, you see? You see? He never knew. Look that word up no there. It means I recognize you not. You're not acting like a child of God. You're not acting like one of mine. Actually, it means to recognize you with favor. And I'm going to tell you, every time we're blessed with the presence of God. It's because God has looked upon us with favor. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, and I thank God for that. But the point of this message is so many points. But what I want to focus on the rest of the time is how do you prepare? How do you fill your vessel with oil? How do you make sure you got that extra oil? Go me over to... Ephesians chapter 5, we'll bring our remarks to a close. Look what it says in the 16th verse. Redeeming the time. You know what that means? Make sure you act like your time is precious. <laughs> I got a PhD in procrastination. <laughs> Redeeming the time. Some people are like, hey, what's, what, what, what school can I go do to get that? Come back to Georgia with me, I'll show you all about it. But redeeming the time. Treat your time like it's precious. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We waste too much time, brothers and sisters. 
Wherefore be ye what? Be ye not unwise. Remember we're talking about, Paul is talking to children of God. He's talking to those that he said, you were saved by grace and you were dead. And he had quickened. He's talking to people that he knows had spiritual life. And he's about to tell these virgins how to be wise and how to keep from being unwise. Look what it says here. He says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. How do you get drunk? You drink it. You fill your vessel with the substance, right? How do you get the Spirit? You drink it. Y'all remember on the day of Pentecost when everybody was making fun of the people that were speaking in other languages? Y'all remember what Peter said? They are not drunk as you suppose. You get that? They're not drunk like you think they are, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost. And look what it says here. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Semicolon. You know what that means? Keep going. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Semicolon. You know what that means? Keep going. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Semicolon. You know what that means? Keep going. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Y'all want to know how you get filled with the Spirit? We want to, I mean, we should want to know, right? We should want to know, how do I bring an extra vessel of oil to the house of the Lord? How do I go to meet Jesus? How do I come prepared, right? He says, singing, excuse me, and making money in your heart to the Lord. And how do you do it? Speaking to yourselves in rap music and ungodliness and country music that glorifies fornication and adultery and drunkenness. Is that how you do it? So we need to get over ourselves. Country music, if it's glorifying ungodliness, don't listen to it. Look what it says. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I was going to preach a meeting one day up in Missouri. And I was getting ready. And this ungodly pop song popped in my head. It had that beat. I'm going to tell you, I was getting jiggy with it. I was like, mm-hmm. you know? And, I, and I'm singing that song, and I'm like, boo, boo, boo. And all of a sudden, I realized what the words were saying. And I realized what I was putting in my heart. And I realized in 35 minutes, I was going to have to stand before God's people and try to bring a spiritual message to them. And this verse popped in my head. Y'all know what I did? You Irvingville people know what I did. I went from going, boop, 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 blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Says, we all mess up. Let us not be like that lawyer 
and be willing to justify ourselves and say, well, you know, it did say they went and got drunk and had fornication, but it said God is good. <laughs> Let's not justify ourselves. Let's try to listen to the right things. Friends, the Bible says, shun profane and vain babblings, because you know what they're going to do? They shout. Don't you believe the Word of God? But we will justify ourselves and say it's okay to watch that movie because it's entertaining. It's got a good moral. You know, it's a good sports. I really like sports. I really like war movies. It's, it's mainly because of the violence. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? You really can't depict a good war movie without having the language because it just shows the severity of the situation. Quit justifying yourself. Right. It says it will increase in the more godliness. It's going to happen. I can tell you. I justify myself sometimes. I'll see my favorite comedian that I used to like years ago. And I'll, and I'll see a little bit. And he'll say, he did this bit. And I'll say, well, surely he didn't get you know, dirty with that little three minutes and 57 seconds. So I'm talking about coffee. Surely he didn't. And then like 30 seconds later, he says the wrong word. And I'm like, well, I've gone this far. Just might as well. And then guess what? When I go to see Jesus, People are crying. People are shouting. But I'm sitting there saying, this ain't preaching. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, first thing we need to do, we want to be more spiritual, speak to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making known in our hearts to the Lord. And then you know what it says? Being thankful. Brothers and sisters, I complain way more than I thank God. Audibly, audibly. Now, in my heart, that's a different story, I hope. But audibly, I complain way more than I thank God. I'm going to tell you, I tell folks at church all the time, before we start to complain, have you prayed about it? But also, brothers and sisters, all the things that I got to be thankful for. Number one, we're not going to hell. We believe that we're wretches by nature, right? You know where those folks, those folks by nature are supposed to go to hell? We're not going there. Y'all know what else? We understand that. Brothers and sisters, nobody is going to tell you at this church that if you're not good enough, you're not going to go to heaven. They will tell you if you feel that you're not good enough, that is a symbol, that is an evidence that you are going to go to heaven. Because only people who feel to be sinners, all people who are born of God feel to be sinners and convicted of their sin. Brothers and sisters, do you have a husband? Do you have a wife? Do you have a mama? Do you have a daddy? Do you have a child? All those things other people pray for. Do you have a hope in Jesus Christ? Do you do you have a home? Do you have an air conditioner? I'm gonna tell you, do you have a job? Do you have two legs? Do you have two hands? Can you breathe without wheezing? I'm gonna tell you, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from God. Be thankful. Are we living in the haves and the have-nots in this world? I'm going to tell you a lot of times, whenever you hear my audibleness, it sounds like I'm a have-not instead of a have. I'll tell you what, I, I was telling this Wednesday night at church. One time, I had a three-bedroom house, felt rich, I only had one bathroom. And I said, man, if I get a second bathroom, it's just me. But I was looking for all the company that we were having for church meetings. So if I get a second bathroom, that'd be amazing. I'll never want for anything else in the world. I got three and a half bathrooms. 
I still ain't satisfied. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, if we're walking around complaining and we've been so blessed, how is that spiritual? How do we become spiritual? How do, how do we bring more oil to the table? Speaking to ourselves the things of God. And how are you going to speak a psalm if you ain't read a psalm? Thanking God. And you know what it says? Submitting yourselves to one another. Let us quit. I beg you. I beg me. I beg every primitive Baptist. We need each other. Let us quit sitting in the seat of the scornful. Look, if, if it's a practical necessity, that's one thing. You go and talk to that brother. It's a doctrine necessity, that's another thing. But brothers and sisters, we ain't all alike. You're not going to like my hairstyle. I ain't going to like yours. Okay, I didn't wear a coat behind the pulpit. I don't think coat means spirit of God, okay? I mean, brothers and sisters, you may pass the plate. We may pass the, you know, you may pass the plate. We may walk past the plate. You may put a, a box in the back. Y'all may, uh, whatever you call it, you call it Mimbio or Vimo or whatever. Mimbio, that's the vaccine we'll give at work. But, uh, but I, I'm just saying, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, the devil wants you to divide each other. The devil, it is precious in the sight of the Lord for us to dwell in unity. The devil wants you to look and say, oh, the only reason she's talking to him because of this. The only reason this, this, this. The only reason that brother said he loves him is because he's trying to do this. I'm going to tell you, quit being the judge. Just humble yourself to one another and come in here and serve one another. Y'all know who sits in the seat elevated? Kings do. I'm going to tell you, whenever we sit there and we start talking about one another and picking everybody apart, we're acting like a king instead of a servant in the house of God. I'm going to tell you, you know what the Bible calls it? It don't call it venting. It don't call it nitpicking. It calls it biting and devouring one another. I'm going to tell you, how do I bring more oil to the table? I speak to myself the things of God. I thank God. And I serve you. And you serve me. And we remind ourselves. Y'all know the reason we're here this morning? It's to see Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, somebody asked me, Hey, Danny, you got anything wrong with testifying? Man, whenever we're in that lunchroom, wherever it is at, we need to be testifying about our God. We need to be telling people what good things the Lord has done for us. I love you, God bless you.